Galini's dropped a mixtape, Villa have dropped a bomb, and Tony Shear drops off the face of the earth. It's the Hulkcast, we're back. I'm James Rushton, that's Danny Riser, and mate, it has been a week, hasn't it? It really has been a, uh, a week to remember. This week's been uh, more positive, I think, than the last week. I think there's been some signs of resilience in the club. I think generally this this whole week has been plagued by stories of transfers. Uh, one of the major ones, of course, is the idea that Jack Grealish might well be leaving. We don't know how much truth there is to that, but uh, it does look like we've got some players going off the wage bill. Uh, and I mean, like, if we were going to ask for a, a decent week, if we were going to ask for the best possible outcome this week, I think we've got it so far. Uh, yeah, I think this is uh, probably one of the more stable things. I think there's, uh, there's still a lot to worry about. I'm not in the clear yet. Um, my mind has completely changed on how our owners treated the club. I, um, you know, I'm not impressed by the board or the actions of, of the board. Um, I'm still very much in doubt as to everything. So um, let's go back to where we left off um, on Wednesday. Well, in midweek, it looked like uh, Keith Wyness was suspended. Um, and that came out the same day. That news came out on the same day that news dropped of a unpaid tax bill. Um, Tony Shaw has assumed, made payments towards that tax bill, so the initial and instant threat of administration and being wound up has been delayed. That's something to at least take on take on board. Um, but still, it's another loan, mate. It's an, you know, it's loaning against what? Yeah, no, I, I, is it is it something to do with Tony Zia's brother? Is it that's providing it? I'm not There's sure. There's a lot of rumours, isn't there? There's, you know, that is loaning it from Recon and the parent company are loaning it to a subsidiary. Or is he loaning it from his brother, who, you know, we found out existed this week? <laughs> you know, not, not that we have any right to know. I wonder if he's, got a, uh, if he's got an unstereotypically English name as well. Well, Tony, it's not actually his name, isn't it? Is it? You know, when you look at our, you know any records, it's Jiang um, Dong. So yeah, it's not Tony. <laughs> you know, I think it's just a you know an Anglic- anglicization of his name to make right. it more I don't know palatable, I guess, for people. But you know, I think he should. He's got every right to use his given name unless he wants to use Tony. That's completely up to him. But yeah, his name, you know, in financial records or you know anything to do with recon is completely different. Zhang Dong. Um, yeah, that's yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, well, he did it better than me, mate. I think uh, that's a my second microaggression of the day because I've already had it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, already I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a very aggressive person. No, that's me. That's me. I, it's it? on me, not you, not you. It's, you've done it right. I've done it wrong. But yeah, <laughs> right. um, uh, Mr. Shah, he it, he come out with a statement and then he come out with a tweet and said he's heartbroken that he's tried. And I get it, but the dude's got to sell the club, don't he? He has to get rid. There's no good reason for him to hold on to it anymore. And he's got to try. And like, I do think that he will try to sell it as long as he can get a decent deal out of it. But we've got to understand that what we are to him is we are an investment and he does, he does, he does enjoy running Villa. He obviously does like the club. Uh, and I think that when people talk about, talk about him in a way where they're kind of like, oh, just sell up. Oh, you know, you're, you're pricing the club too high, blah, blah, blah. Right. Thing is, when it comes to business, when it comes to when it comes to getting a good deal, Tony Zia has actually got a, a good record of it. You know, he's a very good businessman. Uh, when when it when it comes to uh, buying and selling businesses, you know, as as we have seen, um, I think that's similar to what Recon do. I think what they do is they I think they they invest in in businesses which they which they think are going to which they think are going to do well, and they they purchase companies and whatnot. But 
I don't think that it's it's that easy to sell a club, as we saw before with Randy Lerner. I think it was a little bit more difficult, perhaps, under Randy Lerner to to get the club sold. Uh, but because I think because our, our value severely decreased uh, at that point. Um, but we've got to understand that it might well be a patient period. You can't sell a football club in the space of a couple of weeks. It's just not the way it works. Uh, this isn't this isn't the case of going over to the car dealership and uh, deciding to buy something brand new. It's not, that's, 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 that's not it. I think anybody who wants to buy Aston Villa needs to take into account all of the baggage that, that we, that we have with us right now. We, we have a severe amount of baggage. We have, we have debt, we have uh, potential FFP restrictions, uh, which could well apply to us in the next couple of seasons. And we have a squad which doesn't have an amazing amount of depth. So when it comes to selling the club, you've got to understand that apart from the marketing opportunities and apart from the big name and stadium that we have, uh, it's going to take a, a long time for somebody to, to some, for somebody to know that they're going to want to pay up for the club. Yeah. Um, what we've got to take into account as well is that Tony Shaw is not going to want to sell the club for less than he bought it for. And um, right now, I don't think Villa have that much value. So we're looking at a situation where if he is selling the club, he isn't going to attract the price he wants. That's going only going to add delays. And I think he has every right to ask for the price he thinks is right because it's not a car. It's a football club. It's a massive football club. There's a lot of pride in it, and there's a, there, there is, you know, money to be made here, especially with promotion to the Premier League. There's, you know, people can make money off this, and that could still happen under his leadership. However, he doesn't. We do need to be realistic about this. If he's going to hold onto the club and continue to take out loans and continue to fund the club through money that isn't necessarily his own. He's not just putting himself and a takeover into danger. He's putting the club into massive danger, genuinely humongous, especially if he's loaning against the club, then we've got problems. Well, this is it. I think he needs to, I think he needs to understand that he will have to cut his losses at some point, but I think what we're seeing from him is we're seeing a lot of resilience. He clearly wants to have a go at uh, at sending us through again. But you know, you're you're right. I mean, what we what we really need in the ideal world is an investor. You know, if we can't if we can't, if we can't sell the club, we need an investor. I do. There is, there is rumblings that that's coming in. You know, Aston Villa have made changes on Company House to uh, open up shares, so it does look like there is movement and. Tony Shaw will be, yeah, he will be invested into. If you go into Company's House, um, yeah, there's pending documents um, due to release with the, you know, due to come out with the release of shares. And the most common theory there is that a place, there will be a new member of the board who will invest into Aston Villa. We don't know who that is, so it could be someone else from Recon. It could be, you know, like rumours that the New York Yankees minority shareholder, Peter B. Freund, would actually invest into, but you know, it's still so you know, it's all in the open, and we won't know until those documents are actually out. And the Birmingham Mail, are, you know, they're waiting, they're, they've already briefed their uh, their financial gurus in the Trinity Mirror to take a look at that. But, um, it, it, it's still not a great situation, right? Because you know, who you know, you have the situation with AC Milan where they they have an investor called Elliott Management, who is a you know, it's a hedge fund, they they went to, almost to war with countries. So you have a situation where, hey, do Villa open up their shares, get investment from a random third party that can't be trusted, you know, mm. like a vulture fund like Elliot. And do they, are they asset stripped once um, Tony Shard defaults? And he will default because, you know, you can't just keep loaning. That's not how people with money do things. You can't just keep loaning against the club because eventually you're not going to get that money. 
and then you've just got to look at all the stuff we've got to pay back. At the moment, it's not as dire as it probably was last week. But if this continues happening, you know he's had to take a loan out to pay a bit of a tax bill and to cover Villa's outgoings, which is you know a five to six million pound black hole, mate, every month. That's not going away. No, no, of course, and we we just can't we can't end up in that in in that serious amount of debt. Something does need to be done. Um, and like the thing is, is there's there's literally only two things Villa can do about it. It is literally the there's two options. There's two options. They take another huge risk at trying to go for promotion again. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, I think now they need to they need to be able to to work well with the, with the youngsters that we have, um, or or you know uh, try and try and try and challenge for promotion more organically, um, or they think about how they can survive as a football club. And that's that's the real thing that that Villa do need to do right now because I think it is it is a case of survival. Um, and I th- as I say, I still remain positive that we're gonna st- we're still gonna be around. I don't think we're gonna end up getting relegated League One. I don't think we're gonna be doing a Sunderland, uh, but. It is all down to how the big men of the club right now uh, react and and what they do about it. Um, I am just looking at this company's house now. So what what it says about filings now is that resolution of allotments uh, of securities and a resolution of removal of preemption rights um, were the were the possible resolu- were the resolutions basically. Um, I think that was coming uh, after the. Basically, I think it was after the accounts were paid, wasn't it? Yeah, mate. Um, I've just been reading about Leeds United whilst she's doing that because it interests me to see, you know, how much Leeds owned before, well, owed to HMRC and other creditors before they were, you know, entered a voluntary administration. You know, had they not done that, they'd have been liquidated, mate. And I've taken this from a Wikipedia. Um, they owed the taxman six million pounds, mate, which is dangerously close to the amount of money that you know has been rumored that we owe. You know, yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. And we, you got to remember that it's not just that if we owe four point two million, which was the figure, there's also the operating cost of the club. So this is precarious. Bear in mind, though, with Leeds, six million pounds was a lot more back then. Yeah, of course it was a lot more, but still, you know, the world hasn't changed that much since two thousand and seven. You know, sure. it, it's not nineteen, not it's not six million pound in nineteen ninety three. It's six million pound eleven years ago, and that could be. 10 or 12 now but that's still an amount Villa could rack up in two months so yeah, I hear that. It's, it's worrying it really is mate and uh, so we'll move on to talking about how Villa will get themselves out of this mess and again it looks like loans do you feel at all comfortable with Villa taking out loans I'll be totally honest, right? I don't know because the thing is all the top clubs, the way that they work is is by putting themselves in ridiculous amounts of, of debt, but to the extent that they're uh to the extent that they're that they're using all that debt money to to uh basically be successful. So I it's 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 really strange. Uh, I don't know a lot about football finances. I'm not gonna pretend to be a financial expert. If the loans keep Villa afloat if Villa can keep on loaning essentially then it is what it is but I just I don't think we're gonna unless we get promoted we're not gonna make that money back that's that's the worry shall we answer some of the questions that have come in from Twitter because I think it covers a key a key few talking points we'll hit up so Landon Moore said well that Aston Villa they're they're clearly in talks or there's rumours that Villa in talks with a few clubs about Jack Grealish a player there would sell to clear up a bit of money it's only you know it's only going to be fifteen to thirty million the fee that Grealish would eventually go for, which you know in uh, comparison to Villa's debts or incoming debts, isn't uh, a lot. It's only a few months. It gives them time. But hey, Landon Moore at Landon Moore on Twitter, Landon Moore ten on Twitter says, 
thoughts on the possible Jack Grealish for £15 million plus Onoma, Josh Onoma, and the Cameron Carter-Vickers deal with Spurs. I've watched Carter-Vickers against France and he looks a solid, solid player. Um, I'm going to say if Villa can get £15 million, if they can't push higher and they get one of Onoma and Carter-Vickers on a permanent deal, that solves a lot of problems for me. If it, if it's a permanent deal, then then you know that's that's something that can you know be considered a little bit more. If it's loan yeah. deals, then essentially what that means is that we've just sold our best player, and then if these guys have performed well for us, if they are if they they have done a good job for us, then they're going back to their own clubs, and we're left back with a massive hole in the squad. So yeah, and as a, when when it comes to that, I find it really insulting. I think it's a really insulting um, response from Daniel Levy. I'll tell you why. Uh, the the reason I, f- I think that is is because Cameron Carter, Vickers, and Josh Onoma will not be in the first team plans for Tottenham next next season. Tottenham are going to be in a state of mind where they have bottled the league how many years running, and they'll essentially be pushing for it. And I think they're going to be ending up, you know, signing some signing some bigger players to 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 push that. You know, they've just handed Harry Kane a six year contract. They're not messing about. I can't see the likes of Honorable Carter Vickers doing well in that Tottenham team. So for Daniel Levy, it's not a loss. It's no loss sending over a couple of players on loan because he'll send them out on loan somewhere anyway. Villa have said that they want a certain amount of money for Jack Grealish. Fifteen million is not going to cover it. Loan players from Tottenham Hotspur is not what Aston Villa need. Well, I mean, what we need is money when it comes to players because the thing is, we'll be able to loan players in. We'll be able to find ways to bring players in. We'll, you know, it's 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 not, uh, it's it, it's it's not like Tottenham are the only club which have players to loan to us. So, uh, as far as that one goes, I can't see that one happening. Uh, I don't think it would be a good deal for the club, uh, in particularly unless it was to do, uh, unless it was something like an Italian loan whereby we were to get a get a player for a couple of seasons, then it might be something that we can consider a little bit more. Um, but as when it comes to that, what's happening is the Sharks are circling. They know that the club is in need of money. So, you know, clubs are going to be on the phone. Clubs are going to be asking the club, you know, how much can we can we sign this player for? How much uh, would it take to, to tempt them away from you? Because it's the transfer window. That's what clubs do. It doesn't mean we're going to sell them. Okay, here's offer, offer a curveball in there. So they give you 15 million cash. You sit down, you're on the board of Aston Villa now for whatever, you know, God knows what reason. But Danny Ross is in charge. You know, Keith Wines is missing. Danny Ross is the new CEO. You get a call from Tottenham Hotspur. They're offering you 15 million cash straight. They're also offering you one of Onoma and Carter Vickers as a permanent deal and the other one as a, a loan. They're also going to say to you, we'll give you Jack Grealish for the season on loan as well. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's okay. I like that. Yeah, I'll take I that. that. I'll take that. In a second. Because the problem is, if you don't sell Grealish this year and Villa are playing hardball for whatever reason, I think they have every right to demand whatever money they expect to get for him. But they can't turn their nose up at deals like that because next season, what happens when you're in, you know, you could be in a worse position. Jack Grealish is one year away from uh, becoming a free agent. You're not going to be able to de- demand 50 million. You're probably going to be, you'll be lucky to get seven or 10 in that position. You know, they'll just wait. And you'll have to look at Grealish and go, well, he's, does he's loyal, is his loyalty that much? Well, is his loyalty to Villa that much that he'll price him out of his, the rest of his career? And pfft, not, but, you know, there's so many open-ended threads to every single question we could face. And it's, it's really frustrating that we're in this position because I didn't expect this. You know, one season, one off season of stability would have been nice, I think. Yeah, 100%. It would have been nice, wouldn't it? But it isn't, and it isn't to be. And I think the, I think the club just have to, 
deal with the deal deal with the consequences of their reckless spending. It's just it is what it is now. But I don't think I I don't think at the end of the season that we're we're going to be in a massive panic. I'm thinking hopefully we sort everything out this summer and uh, I, I'm just hoping for a mid-table finish mm-hmm. next season. I'm just hoping for some promise to be shown from the youngsters in the Villa team. Um, I need guys like Andre Green need to step it up. Uh, and I think with Jack Grealish perhaps being on his way, one of the other youngsters needs to kind of take up that, that mantelpiece essentially now and say, yeah, this is, this is my slot now. I am the, uh, I am the, I mean, the, the, the prize possession of the Aston Villa Academy. I think that answers the question from Sterling Wilson. Then he uh, said, can't we just have one-off season without some drama? And I uh, know because we're, we're Villa. That's how we do things, apparently. Yep. Um, Tyler Dan piggybacks on the question from London more about Carter Vickers, Onoma and Grealish. He goes, uh, do you think Villa can afford to do a player in cash deal? Or do they need to take all the money possible? And I think you have to take that player in cash deal because you're going to have to replace him anyway. Yeah, so you know you, yeah. you know you're gonna have to you know that's a favorable deal for Aston Villa to from Tottenham where you know you get players who've already been around the club um you may get one on a permanent deal and you're gonna get them cheap on, on cheaper rates than signing uh you know a lot you know a comparable replacement so I think 15 million plus two players one on a permanent if that you know hopefully that happens it's more valuable than 25 million because you do get that 10 million but so what you that's going to be spent. I'd rather take twenty million plus Onoma than twenty-five million straight. Yeah. I mean, I'd, ideally, you hold out for thirty, thirty-five. But if it's going to be a choice between twenty-five million or twenty million with Onoma, I'd go with twenty million for plus Onoma. You've got to think that Villa still need to buy players. Yeah, you know do. what? Still, there's a squad that needs to be fixed. Exactly. If they want promotion next season, and it's you know it's still going to be an absolute. Regardless of Villa's troubles, they've still got one of the better teams, even without Grealish. They've got one of the better teams in the championship. We lack squad depth. We 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 genuinely actually I don't I don't know if we if we lack it that badly, but you know, it's not grass having gone. You know, that that means that we have to use an academy player on the wing. So that's one uh that's one player we need to replace already. Uh Codger and, and Hogan have an absolutely zero sort of uh sense of consistency. Uh, we we don't know if if they're going to work. I mean, but the thing is, we might have to make do with them next season. We might have to make do with Keenan Davis and Rashawn Hepburn Murphy as far as going up front is. But you know, defensively, you know, we we we're, we're lacking as well. Yeah, you know, we, we we need to be able to sign players. It's it's it is the way that it works in the championship, and I don't think you can keep on loaning players forever. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, if Villa are going to gun for promotion, they're going to need to take players of the calibre of Onoma and Carter Vickers if they're offered, because you know the other alternatives are they're not as good. And I mean, Onoma was mixed at Villa; he did have a mixed spell, but you still get someone who's been at the club and has performed to an all right level. A high quality centre back in the Championship, for example, or some you know sort of a mid tier sort of centre back who you would suggest is is important to a mid-table team in the championship would cost you around about five to ten million pounds now that's that's unfortunately the way that we're working at if you're looking at like an, an elite level championship defender somebody james chester for example yeah james chester or pontus jansen they're gonna co- is it pontus yeah yeah pontus jansen you know they're gonna cost you around about the region of 15 and villa can't afford that another question mje stokes uh, villa on tour on twitter in hindsight, was the player final the biggest game in Villa's history? And I think it's very easy and attractive to say that, but I don't think so because if Villa got promoted, it would have been glorious. You know, we'd have been in the Premier League, we'd have had a, a lot more money to spend. But 
how well have the board done so far with money? You know, there's our, you know, that, that fall from the Premier League to the Championship, mm-hmm. if you cock around and don't make the right decisions and load your club with debt, it won't help in the Championship. So if Villa went up and, they, you know, the board didn't learn these lessons that they're learning now, we'd have had a, a lot further to fall. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. You know, we, we would have ended up doing a Sunderland. We would have ended up signing players on uh, 70 to 80k wages. You never know, uh, really. You, you, you genuinely don't know. Um, and I, I think when you look at the most important game in history for Aston Villa, uh, as, as as much as this playoff final was huge, it's definitely been the the biggest game in my lifetime as an Aston Villa fan. Uh, then, I, I mean, you, you, you have to you have to be honest with yourself. You need to you need to sit back. You need to step back. The, the biggest game in Aston Villa's history was the Champions League final, the European Cup final, 1982. No questions asked. Uh, that 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 will always be the biggest game in Aston Villa's history until they do it again. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again in my lifetime. Villa 18-19, which is confusing because he's... Uh... His tag, his handle is nineteen Villa eighteen. He's de- clearly dedicating him, dedicating his Twitter handle to what is next about season, to be the best season in Villa's history. Uh, yeah, funnily enough, um, he's uh, supported Villa since seventy four. So I think you know that handle's only going to last him a season, which is uh, a bit of a worry. But yeah, it might be last Villa's last season ever if uh, we keep bloody loan in. That being said. Um, he's asking, given the apparent extent of our financial plight, are we better off without promotion? And like, ha- here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Are we better off without promotion and making the club sustainable first? Because if we got promoted, that £170 million that we'd have gained you know, over months and months of being in the Premier League, yeah, yeah. we'd have just needed to clear debt and cash flow. You know, We would have used it just operating. So uh, yeah, we'd, but- we'd have paid people, infl- we just said we'd have paid people inflated wages and just made the same mistake. So maybe we we do see need to stay in the uh, championship until we can actually sort things out. Yeah, or or you take the austerity into the Premier League, and you can. I mean, we, we, if when it comes down to that, you can basically you can loan again. Let's let's be serious. If you if it, with the, the amount of money that you that you earn from going over to the Premier League, you can sort that out. You can loan again. You can have another crack with parachute payments. That's how a club. Yeah. That's that's how a club like Aston Villa should be operating. The thing the thing is the thing is. You know, you, you look at big clubs worldwide. You look at you, you look at teams. You know, in in say Italy and, and Germany, which which move up and down the division every now and then. They always make it straight back up. That's just the way it is. They, 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 that's that that's you know that that's uh, that comes with being a big team. Newcastle do it. West Ham do it. Whenever they get relegated, they come straight back up. They're just able to, to use the parachute payments. Say, hang on a second. No, we're supposed to be the best team in the league. You know, let's let's crack on with it. Uh, that that's the sort of position that Aston Villa should be in. So there you no. go. You know, you, you know what I'm. You know, what I'm talking about James. You know, you look at the Caglieri's and the and the Hellas Verona's of Italy. You know, they're too big to stay in that division below them, right? But they're too small to stay in the one above. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, which problem with uh, that's the way the Premier League's going to go with the way the money's been changed. You know, the the, the higher you finish, the more money you get now, essentially. So you're going to have this league within five to ten years where there's going to be clubs at the bottom who are going to get harassed every single game because they can't afford to compete with teams like Tottenham, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, blah, blah, blah. So at the moment, we're seeing almost seeing that where we've got a bottom 10 of Premier, Premier League teams, which are dross, and they're just tearing lumps out of each other. And that's only going to get worse. That's going to be like Serie A level soon. I want to put a, I want to put a, a, a Brexit 
opinion out here, but I think they need to start putting out uh, putting out cap on foreign players. That's not that's not uh, because uh, I don't like them because they're foreigners. That's not that's not to say that. <laughs> I think it's more the case of we need to be able to to let you know players from from British academies have more of a chance because. You know they're they're not gonna because because all these big money players from abroad who can earn just as much money you know playing abroad um, are, are are in these sides. It means that you know the it means that the British talent within these teams can't actually sort of come through and and uh, essentially they've got nowhere else to go afterwards anyway. And I think it would be much nicer if we could if we could see more young talented academy players come through uh, because we're, we're lacking it now. Uh, I think uh, I think that's a major reason for it. Um, so that's why I don't think I think that's why teams like um, say your Huddersfields and whatnot who who are around won't be able to compete in the Premier League because uh, it's 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 not about what you're producing anymore. I think your heart's in the right place certainly, but I think the issue you have there, if you cap foreign-born players or non-EU players or whatever, is that the value of an English player it, it will skyrocket. And you'll just have the lopsided, you know, you have the lopsided anyway, where you've got to play, buy a player from PSG, they're getting paid 200 grand. You're going to have to find a middle grounder there, which is going to be expensive. Um, the issue is that will flip the other way, where you get a player from, you buy a player from Villa, for example, and they're English and they help you, you know, domestic caps and squad reg- registration caps. They're going to cost you, you know, their value will be massively inflated. So the the way they fix it, is uh, it's you know they either they don't do it right basically, is that I don't think there should be a cap. I just think academies should be encouraged to develop players, yeah. you know, and first team should be encouraged to select them. And you know, if you have a cap, the issue is that the the value just goes skyrocket. What if the FA were to give you a bonus for fielding a certain number of academy players throughout the season, um, or or, or giving a certain amount of game time to academy players? I think that's that's something that that, that should be looked at as well. Um, yeah. Um, again, your heart's in the right place, and that's the correct decision. But what the FA or the Premier League, for example, have done is just go, "Well, you'll get more money the higher you finish in the league." Yeah. Yeah. So the the rich clubs will stay richer, and uh, that's a problem we'll have to face down the line if we ever get promoted. Unfortunately, again. but you're in an era of football where, like, the the biggest clubs in in Europe uh, were allowed to t- to actually have talks on 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 putting teams permanently in the Champions League. So yeah. Well, to be honest, if the Super League happens, I can't wait till those clubs, and I will swear, I can't wait till those clubs fuck off, to be blunt, because they have just proven, and Liverpool's owner John Henry demanding more money from the Premier League, like he doesn't get enough. You know, just go, take take your club, take your spirit, take your Anfield, and, you know, we'll see how it works out when you're getting uh, twatted by Barcelona and Real Madrid every week. Yeah, or when, when, you, haven't got, when you haven't got the away support to turn up. In, uh... Yeah, it won't be fun. It'll be fun for two seasons, and then... I think the English league will develop on its own. You know, you'll have clubs like Aston Villa and Derby County, Nottingham Forest, who find their way back. And uh, we'll be in a circle because we'll have to let them back in. And then, of and... course, to re-enter the, the English league, they should start up in League Two. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to happen, but, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, because uh, I don't know what's going on with uh, the Premier League, but it's just inflating to dr- dr- dramatic fucking circumstances at the moment. And uh, yeah, the sooner this Euro League happens and boots them all out, can't wait cannot wait you know clubs like Manchester United have a massive miss a massive miss but if they take it themselves to go hang on the Premier League isn't enough then there's no loss there is there no I suppose not suppose not 
Nah, fair enough. But uh, we'll we'll uh, bring it back to Villa, mate. Um, sustainability needs to be the key going forward, I think. Um, because you know there are you don't have to buy Henry Lansbury and give him a 60, 60 grand a week contract. You know what I mean? You don't have to do that. You don't have to spend massive fees. You can be a, a Brentford or a Fulham. It's absolutely there. You can be. You can develop from within. And uh, I think the way forward is sustainability, not necessarily austerity, but just spending what you earn and having a correct scouting philosophy. And it's not there at the moment, no matter what they've said about the Villa engine or anything. I'm really proud of our academy side, but the sustainability is not going to be there, is it? They're going to do the same thing. Yeah, let's put something controversial out there, right? Good scouting. We had that under Tom Fox. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, the players that we signed under him. And what they've been able to achieve since leaving Villa, we brought them all in whilst the club was diseased. Uh, I think that was actually a good way to to handle things. It's the way that Leicester work as well. Very well, similar way. What I'll say is, I think we gave Tom Fox a lot of flack, and he was a fall guy for our mediocrity and our eventual relegation. However, if this current regime has no limit on spending. Um, when we signed, a lot of people point to Michael Richards and blame him for these problems. However, if his contract wasn't reduced upon relegation, like everyone else's was that we signed under Tom Fox, we'd be in a disaster right now. And it, we still are in the sense that we've still signed players in the championship and given massive contracts like mm-hmm. Ross McCormack and uh, Codger and Lansbury. You know, James Breeze, I rumored to be on 25k a week. No, he's not. I've, I tell you what, I hope not. And what I've heard from Steve Bruce in the things he said is that when you sign players like Henry Lansbury, you have to give them a big wage because this is a big club. And I think that is one of the single most ridiculous statements I've heard come out of a manager's mouth, especially one who can play the media game like Steve Bruce. That is incredible. That Because you're Aston Villa, you have to pay people more. That's ridiculous. Mm. I get the sentiment. Don't get me wrong, I get the sentiment. But... No. They need to get better negotiators. <laughs> yeah, and if our manager has been the one handing out contracts, I expect him to be dismissed, to be blunt, just regardless, because that's not a healthy way. The club, If the club has given Steve Bruce free reign with contracts and financial things, I'll worry about that. But but again, again, you know, Steve Bruce isn't the guy who's in charge of Villa's finances. If Keith Wyness and, and Tony Zira have told him, yeah, go ahead. Then it's it's yeah, still no, on them. It's on them. It's still on them. But I, I think that there, there's no way we could have got into this mess without them knowing. You know, why do, if they were the people in charge giving Bruce a budget, and he's got every right to spend this budget. Let's not you know ignore that. If he's if he's been given the money and said spend it, spend it. But if he's just been given free reign, that's that's to me is whyness out. Shaw out as soon as possible. And, and anyone who signed off on that decision needs to go. And and again, you know, the 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 the, the money that was given and the players that were bought, there's I mean, what was proven to me over the course of the season was that we actually had invested in a good squad. The squad that we had was well, should have gone up, uh, was good enough to go up, and it was a team that, that finished very high up the table. Uh so I don't think it was a case of us spending loads of money on on average players. I think I think the first season it was like that. I think McCormack, unfortunately, uh, we didn't look into his attitude problems beforehand. And one thing that I mean, I don't actually pr- criticize Steve Bruce that much. Uh, I don't. I'm 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 just I'm I'm not gonna buy into the buy into the hate 
all the time. I mean, I understand that, you know, that there's other managers could have done better in uh, at certain things. But one of the things that I'm not happy with is the fact is the way that we we froze out such an expensive player and and didn't didn't sort of let him have some sort of bearing on the team. Um but other than Ross McCormack, I can kind of forgive a lot of the other transfer activity because really with that, with Kodja being injured for so long, you can't kind of draw too much on on his price. And I just think that, like we we, we with the team that we had, we were just unlucky at the end of the season. I think if Villa had in their shortlist Scott Hogan, Ross McCormack, and Jonathan Kodja, the biggest question I'd ask is why they didn't they just buy one of them? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, you know, regardless, you know, hindsight's a brilliant thing, and we can say Hogan didn't live up to expectations, and Ross McCormack fucked off, and Kodja was injured. But do you have three strikers? You can only play one position. You're not going to play all three of them at once. They should have brought in somebody on loan, like like a Lewis Graben to start with. Yeah, exactly. That's sustainable. You know, you still pay him, but however, he, you know, he's not a commitment. He's not going to leech off your wage. I'm not going to hate these people because Villa are the ones who've given them these contracts. And actually, mate, we'll move on to speaking about Steve Bruce's contract. Okay. Because um, it's been revealed today or, you know, in the last 24 hours, that if Villa were to dismiss Steve Bruce, it'd cost them £3 million. Yeah, of course it was. This, 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 it's, that's how contracts work. Exactly. But what that says to me is, if that dismissal fee, if it isn't a specific clause in his contract, then it's a, you know, it's a, a rolling contract. Every October, you know, it, it renews. Whenever he's, from the date he's signed on, it renews for a season, for a season. Um, what that says to me is, if we've got to pay him off yeah. £3 million, if that's based on his salary, that makes him fifty-seven odd a week, fifty-seven thousand a week, hmm. which is that's gargantuan. Do you know how much Zidane earns at Real Madrid? How much? Four point six million. I was thinking we're paying forty-seven k is a lot to be paying a manager. Yeah, you know, you get your Klopp, who's on seven million, or your what, your Guardiola, who's you know approaching ten, or your Benitez, who's four million. But um, Zidane, the geezer who's just won the Champions League, is four point six million a year by uh, Real Madrid. Steve Bruce isn't far off that if you know the sums add up, and that is an insane because you know compared to Zidane, he's an average manager. I wonder what Di Matteo was on. It must have been close. It can't have been far off, mate. If that's the, the wages they're chucking out willy nilly, it can't have been far off. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, it just shows goes to show that our problems are they're, re- they're high up. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a bad culture in the club, isn't it? They need to they need to hold back with the spending. I really do. Really need to become a little bit more timid now, Villa. Yeah, um, I think uh, we can't discuss much more about the spending of the club. There's a board meeting tomorrow that Shah isn't attending. He's on Skype, Skyping in uh, with uh, Steve Round. Uh, Wyness won't be there, but uh, Luke Organ. They need, to, they need to dial back on the Skype and realise that Discord is where he's at now. That's, that's what that's what that's what Tony Zia really needs to do if he wants to invest in the club needs to needs to bring in new systems man but yeah so that meeting takes place tomorrow um, I'm sure you will we'll find out what goes on there and there's still no concrete evidence of Villa being taken over despite rumours but we'll finish on a positive note mate because uh, Villa got rid of uh, goalkeeper Pierre-Luigi Gallini um, after Atalanta took up their option, option to sign him after a season and a half loan he's going to be their backup goalkeeper um, he dropped his first music single, mixtape. actually. Yeah, yeah. He dropped the mixtape uh, come out by uh, STO magazine, 
um, the interviews with him say, you know, he's, he loves his music. He's big in the Italian music industry. He threw him a birthday party with trap music. You know, he loves rap music, trap, anything, you know. I'm sad now. Um, I'm like, I'm genuinely sad. He would have been a decent backup keeper, wouldn't he? And uh, he actually says, mate, um, and this really spoke to me, is that he spends every day writing music. He loves music. And uh, he's, his song, it's not my thing, but it certainly isn't as bad as you'd expect a rap song by an Italian villa goalkeeper to be. It's not bad at all, James. It's not a, it's not a bad track. Like it, it holds up. It, it honestly does. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to joke around. I'm sure you'll splice some of it into the... Uh, into the podcast nah, at the end of it. I think I will hit a bit of a because I did tax man. I think that was a, a bit, you know, that's the Beatles, man. We'll get sued for that. But oh, if really? we do Galini's man, I'm not gonna bloody I'm not gonna put <laughs> any more music in the podcast because it could uh, it could drop down on the head. So I've used our quote and I think I can get away with a track a month basically. Just imagine what so, it would uh, sound like. Just imagine it. Uh, that's the... Well you can, I'll put a link uh, to you to his uh single on YouTube. You know, he do, he looks like the guy from the you know the uh offspring video to pretty fly for a white guy. He does look like that. But discount that, listen to the, you know, it isn't as bad. You know, it's not necessarily good, but it's not as bad as you'd think it would be. And there's actually a few references to Villa in the video. Oh, that's there's great. That's great. Yeah, there's a geezer wearing um last year's Under Armour shirt. Oh right. So yeah, that, that's there. And uh it's not horrible. And I think I wish him all the best. I'm really happy that he's decided to do that because he is, you know, he's put himself out there. It is a shame. Like he was a very young and promising goalkeeper. I like I've got nothing against Jed Steer, but I did honestly think that that Pierre Luigi Gallini would be would be you know the, the better option to keep us forward next season. But there you go. Uh, I suppose Jed's been with us for such a long time. And the other thing was that Gallini didn't really get to play at, at Atlanta, who, by the way, are going to be challenging for like the UEFA Cup. Or European Cup qualifications. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he'll be their second keeper. He'll be thereabouts, and uh, hopefully, he can fulfil that potential that we uh, saw in him, that Villa saw in him. Because uh, you know those big Italian clubs circle around him; they always want an Italian goalkeeper tending the posts. So uh, we hopefully this is a sell on. He went for about four million euros, which is you know seems to be a fair price, and uh, that will go some way to helping Villa. That being said, uh, I think after releasing that video, I will miss him a little bit. Yeah, I'll... I think it showed a character there that we didn't really see, and uh, I think that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I was I was talking about like you know foreign player caps and everything, but you know Villa's really becoming a team now with without much of an international identity, and that does does worry me just slightly. You know, apart from Ahmed Al Mohamedi, you know, club starting to you know starting to to get rid of all its international talent, which is which is a little bit of a shame. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Amavi leave. Uh, Veritu's already left. Galini's gone. Uh, yeah, and Gay, we'll see. We'll see it all go. Gay, who was really our best midfielder alongside Delph in the last decade or so, I'm happy to say that. If you're happy, I'm happy. But yeah, that's about it, mate. I think uh, we'll find out what's going to happen in the week to Aston Villa. We'll find out more about the board meeting. I'm sure there'll be some transfer news as well coming in. But uh, yeah, uh, any final thoughts on that, pal? I think you've got something to talk about. Actually, a documentary that you've been working on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, as far as Villa go, I, look, I, you know, it's 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 actually been a fairly slow week, a fairly slow news week. We know that we know what's happened with Tony Zia. He's 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 managed to 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 bring in a loan and and obviously pay off the tax bill. We we had no doubt that it would get paid. 
anyway. Uh, but I think we just need to hold tight to hear more information. I don't think any of the transfer stories when it comes to Jack Grealish hold a lot of weight just yet. So we will hold fire on that just a little bit. And I'll hold fire on on talking about Jack Grealish just a little bit. But um, yeah, James is right. I, I, I am releasing a documentary on the 15th. Uh, it is a documentary that I created last year. If you are into history, if you're into military history in particular, uh, it's a documentary on uh, how Britain remembers Indian soldiers in the First and Second World War. It's only a short one. Uh, it's not It's not uh, something which is going out on television or anything like that. It's a, it's a short documentary. It's going to be going out on my YouTube channel uh, and you'll be able to find out the details today. You'll be able to see it off my Twitter because I will most likely pin it, to, uh, pin it as my top t- tweet. Yeah, well, when this comes out, you'll also find it in the post that the whole cast's on. So, yeah, we'll uh, happily plug that for you, mate. And uh, check out that when it comes out on Friday. You can follow him at DH Riser as well, so don't miss that out. You can find me at Jeremy Rushton, us at 7500 to Holt. And uh, we'll see you this time next week, hopefully. And uh, maybe it'll be a bit of a rosier outlook. Catch you later. Goodbye. <laughs>